and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast where we're talking about ghosts again. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. I can't believe I used my sixth sense goof on fucking ghost towns. I can't believe you're doing ghosts again. That's called Emily. improv, baby. <laughs> you have my number, UCB. <laughs> Do they? No, they don't. Weird, unrelated thing that I've been meaning to tell you all day. Will Arnett, like, not doing a character just sounds like Lego Batman, which is I something mean, I realized today. Yeah, Will Arnett kind of just sounds like Will Arnett at all times and situations, right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I don't know. I don't think I remember his voice being that, like, gruff. Fair. Uh, and Paul F. Tompkins just sounds like Mr. Peanut Butter all the time, which I also didn't like register, <laughs> but uh, that's a dumb people town plug for anyone who's looking for something that's... What are we talking about? Uh, I don't know how to explain it. I do. Of course. I, I wrote a whole episode about it. I would hope it. you know how to explain it because we have 58 minutes to fill. <laughs> Actually, more than that because we goofed around for the first like minute of recording. I mean, that's pretty slim for us considering well I mean, we got we our goofs out before we hit record but we got our goofs and our parasite talk and so we're not going to be funny for the rest of the episode nope this is going to be dry as your nana's toast i don't know that's not an expression don't insult their grandmothers <laughs> i bet their grandmothers make amazing toast it's just I'm gonna, gonna be uh drier than a turkey on thanksgiving day God why damn southern it. i don't know sarah i am so tired. <laughs> well, you just said we were low energy on ghost towns, and I feel like we're bringing a very weird energy already to this episode. Speaking of weird energy, tell me about ghost perception. It's not was, that, was that good? <laughs> I mean, you... Okay. So when I originally pitched this episode, I wanted to do it as human perception. Or like, yeah, like just weird things are brain do turns out that affect everything our brains do is the weird. Word. yeah it is um and then i started doing my research found a different article and did a well like a 45 degree turn um i'm gonna talk about scientific explanations for ghosts okay i mean this isn't the first time that we started researching something and then we were like mm, hold up different thing and i mean this is really what i wanted to get into with human perception is like how our brain can make us see weird things and i was like i'll just be more specific about it and then yeah. get into some other stuff because well, it would be insane to be like everyone who says they've seen a ghost is lying yeah and that brings me actually great to um my disclaimer which is i feel it's very important to state that the purpose of this episode is to not not to debunk all ghosts or to even take a position on whether or not ghosts are real I just find it intensely interesting to dig into what causes a haunting besides, you know, the obvious, which is Victorian children dying in a terrible passion. Um, I'm pretty sure someone has like a comedy bit about this, but uh, why are all of all of the ghosts like pre 19th or 20th century? Like, you know, they're all from like the. I mean, I think I might have an explanation for that in this episode. I don't want to oh get into God. it, but like. Not really, but, like, I feel like this is – they're all old-timey ghosts because that's what we expect ghosts to be. Yeah, I just want a ghost who's from, like, 1988. Yeah, with the feathered hair and the 
Yeah, with like a flock of seagulls haircut and like big shoulder pads. I want them to look like Chandler in the flashback episodes of Friends. Your apartment spells vaguely of Aquanet at all times. Oh, God. (laughs) All right. So anyway, so it comes down to this idea of the paranormal versus the preternatural, which is a concept that was actually introduced to me by Deborah Ann Wool. Mm. Because she was on a podcast called Bigfoot Club or something like that. But she was talking about like her philosophy on ghosts. The the lady from Daredevil and yes. uh, that show with the... The only good person on Daredevil <gasps> and Punisher. Just excuse saying me. Saying it. Oh, oh, oh. And um, what's his face? Sorry. You're right. I know Matt is kind of a whiny baby. He's but a let whiny us baby. Forget- Foggy and Karen are the only people I ever cared about on that show. And but, Matt when he was shirtless. Okay, there we go. Like, I can't remember the name of the guy who played Matt right now off the top of my head, but uh, he was Cox. in I'm blinking on everything. Yeah, he was beautiful in Stardust. He was everybody's crush in 2008. Oh, I love Charlie Cox. I'm just indifferent to Daredevil. Oh, no, Matt's a little bitch. Yeah. And welcome to Dare Talk, the podcast within a podcast. So Right. So Deborah Ann Wool was teaching me. Okay. Okay. Uh, she like introduced this idea of like the paranormal versus the preternatural. It's like the paranormal is completely outside of the realm of science, while the preternatural is like rare and abnormal, but ultimately explainable through science. So like basically there are things in the world we don't know, but it's just that we haven't found an explanation for them yet. Okay. We don't quite understand them yet. Like uh how elephants have developed like their society like we don't understand yes and it's not that they are all psychically connected it's just that we haven't quite figured out how elephants work yet you know i don't <laughs> know enough. if that metaphor actually stands but sorry we're gonna go with I... it. all right do you want to get into it <laughs> no i think we should bullshit for another 10 minutes i mean we could do that too we're pretty good at it now depending on who you ask we bullshit the entire hour <laughs> anyway yeah uh, lay it on me right So first possible explanation for ghostly activity, electromagnetic fields. Um, And this is one of a variety of environmental factors that might make a person see a ghost. Well, and I feel like this gets brought up a lot in ghost uh, investigation shows. There's always an electromagnetic field meter. Yes, we'll get into that. Um, But first, we're going to talk about a Canadian who isn't Sadie. Oh, I mean, that's the only Canadian we're talking about other than Ryan Reynolds. The only one who matters, but (laughs) Uh, this guy was a neuroscientist, and he was named Michael Persinger. Uh, He developed a device called, rather ominously, the God Helmet. Mm. Mm -mm. Uh, Some X-Men shit. Yeah, it looks like something your uncle who believes in Pizzagate built in his garage so he could time travel back in time and finally prove Barack Obama was born in Kenya. How did you meet my uncle? (laughs) Because I have the same uncle. I think we're related. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Republican uncles. (laughs) Anyway, it's essentially a big 1970s motorcycle helmet with like a thick black band over the top and four coils on each side of the head. Um, It applies a complex electromagnetic singles to the temporal lobes. um, And this, as it turns out, can make you experience some pretty freaky shit. By disrupting like your brain activity? It, yeah, it does something. Okay. Science-y. Oh, uh, is, yeah. That... The, for a science episode, I'm not going to lie. This is going to be very light on science. <laughs> light science. <laughs> um, so it got the name God Helmet because journalists learned that some participants actually had visions of God while wearing it. Uh, it was originally called the Corin Helmet after Stanley Corin, who was the technician who built it. 
But sorry, Stan, that's just not metal enough. The Stan mitt. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think God looks like Aisha Tyler, but... I mean, and maybe that's who you would see if you turn this thing on. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, so. This it was developed as a research tool to investigate the investigate the brain's role in religious and mystical experiences, um, but not everybody who wore it like saw God. It was like one percent or something. Okay, a full eighty percent of people, however, did report feeling another presence in the room, um, even if they didn't necessarily call it God. Others reported visions of demonic beings, out-of-body experiences, visions of other realities, feeling touched, and a whole host of experience we would typically consider, quote-unquote, paranormal. That is horrifying. Yeah. Here, put this hat on. It'll make you believe in God. Right? It, yeah, it's really some for you. And, like, the website I found all this information on is, looks like it was made in 1987 and, well, yes, you know, before the internet, but. No one who's ever Googled the words aliens or other presences knows how to code beyond a 1998 <laughs> level. To be fair, it was a very, like, science-forward website. It was just not HTML-forward. <laughs> uh, so it should be noted, um, the participants who put on the helmet weren't told anything about what they might see. Most were told they were sitting down for some sort of relaxation experiment, which tends to rule out the idea that uh, the effects could be due to suggestibility, as we will get into later. Mm -hmm. um, but turns out there are plenty of purportedly haunted locations with magnetic fields that are stronger than normal or subject to weird fluctuations, uh, including Hampton Court Palace, which is reportedly haunted by at least two of Henry VIII's wives. Uh, is one of them uh, Natalie Dormer? No. It's huh. Jane Seymour and one of the other ones, Catherine. Not the divorced Catherine, but the other Catherine. The, so the young Catherine, not the old Catherine? Yeah. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> um, there's at least one person who's opening up their Twitter app to tell me the fields are created by ghosts and that they are evidence of ghosts. Um, but scientific evidence, at least, would seem to indicate the opposite. Disclaimer. It could be ghosts, I guess. Let's... It could... There could also be ghosts. It may be ghosts. I'm not saying it, like... Everybody who goes to Hampton Court Palace is affected by the weird thing, or that could explain all the sightings that have happened at Hampton Court Palace. I'm just saying it could be a reason for some of them. But also probably like the EMF meters like you see in the ghost shows, like, yeah, of course they're going to be registering weird electromagnetic fields, and maybe that's a reason why people believe the place to be haunted. Um, forgive me if you've already mentioned this and I was too fixated on um, other parts of it, but what creates these fields just out in the world? One of the things, and this is my last note in this section, is solar wind actually okay. changes the shape. But I think it's just kind of like the general Earth's magnetic field. Okay. And it's stronger in some places than it is in others. And solar winds can actually change where that is at. So, like, it might explain why people see more ghosts at night. Because solar huh? winds actually change the magnetic field. And this is, like I said, it's a very science light episode. <laughs> no, I mean, that makes... Since, you know, something with the the Earth makeup, like, we still don't understand all yeah, of that shit. something in the crust of the Earth at that section has especially magnetic. Yeah, I mean, um, in World War II, like, magnetic deposits at the bottom of the ocean were often mistaken uh, for submarines. So they had to make yeah. note of it so they didn't, like, drop a ton of uh, bombs this and is, stuff on yeah. it. Yeah. Which, it's not a U-boat. This is just a weird part of the ocean. Which, hilarious story, L. Ron Hubbard was actually in charge of a submarine 
off the coast of like San Francisco or something. Oh, who let him? Uh, well, he bullshitted his way into the position. Um, the U.S. government, everybody. Right. And uh, he thought that he saw a Japanese submarine because his job was basically just to sit and watch for Japanese submarines. Um, and he thought he saw one and he just kept unloading like round after round of like t- torpedoes, whatever the fuck they had. And it turns out it was just a well-known magnetic deposit that he had thought was a Japanese submarine. Wow. Um, and it took a few days of this for the government to be like, ah, hey. This man has his own religion. Yeah. Go figure. Well, after we get disappeared by Scientology, we can ask them all about it. I'm not even kidding. The week I was researching Scientology leading up to us recording, like, I was having the worst fucking luck. I think I may have been cursed. (laughs) Cursed by Scientology? Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. All right. Uh, So another um, environmental possible cause for ghosts, uh, infrasound. Have you heard of this? Is it like infrared light, but for sounds? Sort of. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Uh, it's an audio frequency that's outside of the range of what we can actually pick up with our ears. So anywhere from 0.1 to 20 hertz, which is like just below the threshold for human hearing. So like very quiet? Not not necessarily quiet. Like a frequency. Just, like Yeah, like a frequency like a that whistle. we can't pick up. Yeah, similar okay. to that. Um, so while we can't hear it, there are several studies linking infrasound to a lot of the phenomena, again, that we typically typically attribute to the paranormal. Feelings of nervousness or the sense that there's someone in the room with you, things like that. Well, I assume, like, it still affects your inner ear a little bit. And so you, like, can perceive that there is something there, but it's not audible, so you can't process it as a sound. Exactly. Like, you can't hear it, so you don't know that it's there, but it's still... Your body still picks up on it. It's like when someone is watching you, but yes. you can't see them. The The sound waves created by infrasound also vibrate your eyeballs, ah. uh, which blurs your vision and might actually cause you to see things that aren't actually there. Well, shit. In 1980, an engineer named Vic Tandy was working in a laboratory um, that had a reputation for being haunted, um, an experience he would later write about in a paper he titled Ghost in the Machine. Sorry, Vic Tandy sounds like someone who owns a lot of khakis. Mm. Sounds like he has like an amusement park. No, like an RV dealership. Mm, Vic Tandy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he was an engineer. Ain't no machine like a Tandy. (laughs) So people at this lab complained of feeling anxious and uncomfortable. And um, one evening while working in the lab on his own, Tandy began to experience these feelings for himself. He actually broke into a cold sweat and felt the distinct sensation that he was being watched. Uh, then, out of the corner of his eye, he spotted an apparition, um, an ominous gray figure slowly emerging to his left. He turned, only to watch it fade out of sight. Uh, so this was spooky, and he left. <laughs> but the next day, he returned um, to make some modifications to a fencing foil ahead of a competition he was entering. This is seems like a weird detail, but it is important. He stuck his foil, you know, like the fencing sword, in the vice of an engineer's bench and went to go grab some oil so he could do whatever project he was working on. And when he returned a moment later, he found the blade vibrating. Just, I mean, that's that's horrifying. Yeah, it's it's spooky. But this was the daytime, so maybe he was less. He didn't run away this time. He started looking for what could be causing it. Um, and he found a fan emitting a noise at a frequency of 19 hertz, so just low enough that it couldn't be heard. They flipped off the fan. The sound wave disappeared, along with all the feelings of discomfort he and his coworkers had been experiencing. Yeah. 
I don't know. There's something about that that is unsettling. It's still, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, some of this is still kind of weird and spooky. Like, even if we kind of get what's going on, it's, like, just weird enough. Just because I understand how something works doesn't mean that I like it. Exactly. I know how my anxiety works, (laughs) but it still freaks me out. Uh, So there was another experiment uh, conducted by a guy named Richard Wiseman in 2003, uh, which featured a public concert deemed or dubbed infrasonic. Uh, So over 700 people attended the two performances um, featuring two pieces of music that contained tones of around 17 hertz. And they were mixed in with other pieces of music that didn't have the tone just to serve as a control. Mm -hmm. Um, So at least 22% of the audience reported feeling anxious, uneasy, or fearful. Others felt pressure on their chest or a chill down their spine. Really all of this suggesting that even though we can't consciously detect infrasound, it can still conjure up some very spooky results. So a a fun, fun story. Um, The first anxiety attack I ever had was in the haunted house at Enchanted Forest, which... Very on brand. Yeah, it's the... It's a pretty weeny haunted house, um, but it's really big. <laughs> How old and are you? Uh, 23. Okay. Like 22, 23. And it's dark inside, which already skews me out. But they also play this really, really low, quiet, kind of airy ambiance in there. Oh, I hate it already. Right? So, like, the sound was, like, barely there, but it was, it was there. Like, you could tell that it was there. And... It made me feel like I couldn't breathe. So I like pieced out. I was like, I'm not doing this. Fair, and my brother, yeah. yeah. And my brother, who's like 15, was like, well, fuck you. Fine. I'll do it myself. So I'm waiting for him at the exit and it, like 10 minutes go by and he's not out yet. So I'm like, well, shit, I got to go in after this fool. <laughs> so I go in. I'm like plugging my ears. I have a LED flashlight from my purse in one hand, like up by the side of my head. I am sprinting through this thing, like freaking out because it feels like something is there. It's completely empty. We're there on like a Tuesday. And it turns out he was like 10 feet from the exit, but he had dropped his phone and the battery had fallen out. (laughs) He was trying to fix it. But my point is, sound design is very important in making things scary. Yeah, sound effects more than you would think. Sounds you can't hear, doubly so. Anyway, that's a story that I may have told on this podcast before, but now it's definitely committed to audio and the internet. Speaking of stories, I've got one for you. Ooh. Um, actually, I've almost definitely told this one to you before, uh, so don't spoil the ending. I will keep quiet. Okay. Uh, so back in 2016, a Reddit user with the handle rbradbury1920 posted to the legal advice subreddit. Um, and the story he told was on three separate occasions, he had found post-it notes yes, left around his story. department yeah, uh, in a handwriting that wasn't his, uh, reminding him of errands he needed to run or documents that he needed to save. Uh, he was a little freaked out, understandably. Uh, so he set up his webcam on his computer and used a security cam app so it would record whenever there was movement. Uh, soon after that, he found another post-it note, and this one read, Our landlord isn't letting me talk to you, but it's important that we do. <laughs> Appropriately freaked out, immediately checked the webcam. Uh, There were no recordings, but his computer's recycle bin had been emptied, suggesting that someone had noticed the webcam and knew how to delete the files. Uh, A few days later, he started to notice more post-it notes. These are just like blank, but they were like left around the apartment in odd Mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. So the user had posted in the subreddit looking for legal advice, 
obviously, um, suspecting that his landlord was maybe fucking with him, but not sure if this was anything he'd actually be able to prove with the police. Yeah. Um, he even went so far as to, like, pull some paperwork from his move, and the handwriting on the post-it notes seemed to match the handwriting of his landlord. <laughs> but then, in the comments, another Reddit user, um, Kakerlak, I hate referring to people by their Reddit usernames, but whatever, uh, they went back into R. Bradbury's comment history and picked up on something entirely innocuous, that he had an unusually narrow bedroom with no windows. So they asked if it was possible he was suffering with carbon monoxide poisoning, noting that he'd um, likely also be having very bad headaches. Um, R. Bradbury replied that, yeah, actually, he had been experiencing really bad headaches. Uh, He had a CO detector, but had never taken it out of the box. Oh, Uh, my God. He plugged it in. It read at 100 parts per million, which is like twice the level of what's considered safe. Homeboy should have been dead. Yeah. So this is all to say carbon monoxide can super fuck with you. Uh, And it's been known to cause, obviously, poisoning and even weird hallucinations. Um, So there's this very old article that was originally published in um, the Barn Burner, American Journal of Ophthalmology, in 1921. (laughs) That sounds like a thrilling read. Page turner for sure. Uh, It recounted the experiences of Mrs. H and her family, who experienced a whole host of paranormal activity after moving into an old house, including sound of footsteps, strange voices, and, of course, the feeling they were being held down in their beds by an unseen person. All classic ghosty ghost shit. Uh, So an investigation revealed that they had a faulty furnace, and it was filling the house with carbon monoxide fumes. Uh, After it was repaired, the haunting stopped entirely. And that is why you need to have a working CO2 detector in your home. Yeah, it's bad shit. Not only will it haunt your house, it will kill you. (laughs) That gas will just haunt your house right the fuck up. (laughs) It's also not the only toxin thought to cause haunting symptoms. Um, There's a professor at Clarkston University in New York who's named Shane Shane Rogers. Uh, He believes there might be a link between mold spores and ghost sightings. Um, noting that a lot of reported hauntings are in older buildings, and those older buildings also suffer from very poor air quality. So he actually goes around to reportedly haunted locations to take air samples, and his studies have found that buildings thought to be haunted actually have significantly higher mold counts than those with no ghostly activity. I mean, if you think about it, like, ergot is a kind of mold, and that trips yeah. people the fuck out all the time. Well, not so much anymore, because it's the year of our Lord 2020, but... Yeah, and we actually, you know cook and process our food but well yes yeah so his theory essentially is mold spores cause like an inflammatory reaction in your brain that causes loss of balance bird vision fatigue and because you're in a spooky old house and already on alert people interpret these experiences as paranormal happenings again like ghosts may be real like not discounting that however all of this stuff is equally as terrifying because it can all kill you and you are still experiencing these things i was gonna say you know who's never been killed or you know who's never killed a person ghosts you know what has killed people carbon monoxide and mold actually i think there have been some stories of ghosts killing people but those are more in like the like i heard one time kind of yeah Urban legends are like old-timey stories. And And movies. It's, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so this brings up my next point, which is it's not just environmental factors that can make us see ghosts. Uh, Sometimes it's our own brains just straight up fucking with us. Or it's actually ghosts. (laughs) But we're going to talk about our brains for a second. Uh, So it turns out being told a place is haunted actually makes it more likely that you'll experience paranormal activity. This is something that concerns me. (laughs) 
Because um, we have a night booked at the Lizzie Borden Ben breakfast in September. Yes. And uh, I know Sadie is listening to this uh, and she's going with us. Um, Sarah, you will be sleeping by yourself in Lizzie Borden's room. Yes. Um, we've not we've in determined Lizzie this already. Room. <laughs> uh, sleeping by yourself in her sister's room because I would rather sleep in a uh, suspected murderess's bedroom with someone else than be alone in a house that old. Right. That was uh, the trade-off. That shares a bathroom with a murder scene. <laughs> Which I found out after we'd already booked it. So I mean, the whole house is a murder scene, Emily. Yes, but they don't, like, there's, it's different when you share a bathroom with it because there is a straight throwaway for the ghost. <laughs> So I have an easy, easy solution for you. Just stop believing in ghosts and you... I'll get right on that. <laughs> easy peasy, right? I'm also okay. going to be bringing like hardcore sleeping pills, so it shouldn't be an issue. I mean, it usually works too. Uh, so one study done back in 1997 brought 22 participants to a theater. Half the group were told the location was haunted. The other half were just told it was under renovation. Um, at the end of the tour, it was a group who were told the building was haunted that reported more intense experiences, uh, not unlike typical symptoms of a haunting. However, I would like to point out that if they were told it was haunted, they were more aware and looking for signs it was haunted. They were just being more observant. So. More observant or were they interpreting the uneasy feelings they were having? Like, is that, yeah, it's. It could be either or. You can't really prove it either way. It's I'm just, just saying, like, there's a you, correlation between. I'm just saying, like, if I walk into a place, like, I don't pay super close attention to shit. But if you're like, oh, this place is haunted, like, I'll be on my guard. And I may it misinterpret things, but I am paying more attention. Fair. Verbal suggestion, and here's where you come in, is <laughs> especially powerful when combined with an existing belief in the paranormal. Yep. Uh, so essentially, if you're told an old building is haunted and believe an old building is haunted... If you walk into that old building, you're probably going to experience something spooky, or you're more likely to interpret what you've experienced as something paranormal. I don't know if there's a difference. <laughs> there is the idea that if you want it too badly, it won't happen for you. Also that, yeah. Because I've been in haunted houses, or like allegedly haunted houses, and not experienced anything when people who like don't usually believe in that shit experience things. Mm-hmm. That's also common from what mm -hmm. i hear i want it too bad <laughs> and so this is where things get tricky because how your brain is interpreting information doesn't always match with reality oh really um i've titled <laughs> this section don't trust anything your brain tells you which your is brain, very reassuring your brain's broken your brain's Chances a fucking are. liar okay <laughs> um so our brain was tasked with processing an absolute ton of information every second. Our, the brain that we share. <laughs> yes. Our collective brain has to do a lot of actual work because it's doing it for two people. So. Yeah, it's overloaded. But even normal people's brains. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's where the anxiety comes from. <laughs> so they're interpreting color, shape, sound, touch, you know, the usual senses. Um, everything that they're there to tell us, they're pretty good at it. And actually, it's very good because the brain is hard, so hardwired to identify patterns that we tend to find meaning in data that is otherwise absolutely meaningless. No. Yeah. So you've probably heard of this. It's called uh, pareidolia. And it's kind of, it makes people think they see Jesus in their waffles. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I did see Jesus in an ego, but did you I was really? also stoned and really hungry. Oh, well, all waffles are Jesus when you're stoned and hungry. <laughs> 
<laughs> Get some blueberries in there. Mm. Unsurprisingly, again, it's people with strong reliefs in religion or the paranormal that are more susceptible to pareidolia. Um, it's not just reserved to sight. Um, we can also experience auditory pareidolia, um, especially when our brain is trying to interpret something like EVP. So EVP, for those of you who are not familiar, electronic voice phenomenon is what you see in a lot of ghost hunter shows where someone will hold up a recorder and ask questions to the empty air, and then later they'll go back and try to discern some meaning from the static that they've captured, uh, usually claiming that it's evidence of ghostly communication. You know you're watching good ghost hunting show when they don't tell you what they think the EVP says before they play it for you? Yes, and that's the point. So, like, our brain wants to find voices and words, so even if what we hear is mostly nonsense, it's even easier for our brains to... uh, We're gonna, like, look for that anyway, but if we've been told what we're supposed to hear, like... If you're watching Ghost Hunters and the captions are telling you that the ghost is saying purple monkey dishwasher, that's all you're going to hear when you listen to it because your that's brain is actually has been my told. burning man's name. Yeah, purple monkey dishwasher. <laughs> so everything we've talked about so far is bottom up processing. So taking the world around us and interpreting it. From the um, butt up. Yep. The brain also does top down processing. Um, and this is essentially like interpreting all the nonsense that we see and hear and smell and touch all day is a lot of work. So the brain, once in a while, will take some shortcuts. <laughs> there's it's like just, a shitty employee. Yeah. So, like, sometimes there's just way too much stuff coming in. So the brain will actually, like, prioritize and pick out what's most important and then just sort of fills in the rest on its own. Like, and I'm sh- a lot of it is, like, based on our experiences. Like, in your house, you know what your house looks like. You don't need to always be taking in what you see in your house. Your brain knows what your house looks like and can fill in kind of some of those details for you. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but. No, you are. I'm a dummy and I'm getting it, so. So, in fact, the vast majority of our perception is the brain filling in those gaps. Uh, So try not to think about that one for too long or you will get really wigged out. (laughs) This is why I told you not to eat an edible. Well, yeah, and also we have other shit to do after this, but. Yeah. Like, are we seeing what we're seeing or is our brain just telling us what we're seeing? Is this, like, your brain filling in gaps, like, if you see something like a. I don't know, like a hair tie on the floor that's like usually not there and you your brain is like, oh, shit, that's a spider. And you have to take a second to be like, no, that's obviously a hair tie. Like it's. Yes, exactly. Like it sees a dark shape on the floor. And especially when it's survival instincts that are trying to you've got kind of that lizard brain mentality of Mm -hmm. always being alert and looking for danger. So if you see something that isn't normally there, you're going to interpret as something that is a threat because your brain wants to alert you to it whether or not it's actually something that is threatening. Yeah. This is why it's important to practice uh, mindful meditation sometimes. (laughs) Uh, To be fair, most of the time, the picture your brain has painted painted for you is pretty accurate. Uh, Every so often, the brain will add something that isn't actually there. Uh, (laughs) Just to keep you on your toes. Yeah. That's comforting. Uh, This can happen when you mishear lyrics in the song. So even if you don't catch what the correct words are, your brain will fill in with something else. It will make it up for you. Yeah, have you ever had that sensation where you like feel your phone vibrate and you check your messages and nothing's there? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a thing that can happen. Or like hear someone call your name if no one's around. Like this is your brain. Um, The other day at work, I was just sitting at my desk minding my own goddamn business and I could have sworn I heard the like level achievement sound from Stardew Valley play from someone's (laughs) office. And yeah, and that's the thing. Like I'm sure maybe someone's phone chimed Mm -hmm. but because you've been playing stardew valley 24 7 for six weeks (laughs) 
I mean, your brain just is look. That's the sound it's listening for, and that's the sound it's going to think you heard because it's not actually. Yeah, it's filling in the gaps for you. I've broken my brain with yes. farming. <laughs> so if you're so inclined, you might chalk this up to ghosts, and that's fair. Uh, but these experiences aren't uncommon, and a lot of the time, um, yeah, it's you're just your brain filling in with familiar sensations when it doesn't quite have all the information it needs from the data available. Uh, and then when that happens, it starts to make shit up. So if Hold you're- on. This this is very poorly timed, but I I hear something whistling, so I'm going to go investigate. <laughs> I'm not making Is our goof. ghost I, podcast being haunted? I don't know. Hold on. You guys, I'm really scared for Emily. I thought I heard some, somebody or something whistling. Was it I a ghost? I don't know if I can cut that because it was relevant. No, that was cool. Do that. Leave it in. It was the penis gallery as far as I can tell. Well, it usually is. <laughs> if you're distracted or tired, like Emily is right now. Always. <laughs> uh, you might start even seeing things out of the corner of your eye. Uh, and if you're in a dark room, like in the spooky mansion that you've inherited from a long lost uncle that you never knew. Oh, that's the dream. <laughs> might start to look like a face or even a dark figure lurking in the corner. Although, to be fair, in the case of uh, 13 Ghosts, which that was the exact plot of. I believe so, yeah. It was actually ghosts. In that case, yes. And I would say, if you have inherited a house from someone you didn't actually know, it's probably haunted with 13 Ghosts. Yeah, I mean, just leave them in the fucking basement. Don't let I mean, your voyeur open shit. These sorts of misperceptions, even the really minor ones... Uh, actually count as low-key hallucinations. And as it turns out, hallucinations are actually way more common than you would think. I don't think I've ever seen Tom Hiddleston in a hallucination, Sarah. <laughs> low-key. Sorry, I had to make a very distinct clip for us to put up from Headliner, so... Now if you pull anything else, I'm going to be disappointed. Yep. Uh, so there's a few fairly recent studies that have data, back the data to back this up, including a 2015 study that found, like, 5% of people experience hallucinations, uh, even those without a diagnosis of mental illness. So that's kind of just across the board. Um, a really common time for someone to experience a hallucination is in the transition between waking and sleep, which is called um, the hypnagogic state if you're falling asleep and hypnopompic if you're in the process of waking up. Are we going to talk about sleep paralysis? Yes, briefly. Cool, because we did a whole episode on that. <laughs> and I reference it. <laughs> so it's not unheard of while you're in one of these states. Um, to hear voices or even see things that aren't really there. When you're slipping in and out of sleep, your brain isn't as adept at separating what's real from the dream it was about to load into the projector. Uh, so those dreams sometimes leak into the waking world. Sleep paralysis is, of course, the extreme version of this. Again, you covered that like 40 episodes ago. I live in constant fear of experiencing sleep paralysis. I It does not sound like a good time. And I think even knowing about it in like, if I experienced it, I would know what was happening, but it would still, I don't want to, it would still be very I mean, unpleasant. it's like watching a horror movie. Like, you know it's not real, but it's still there. You're still looking at it. It's still yeah. scary. It's not fun. So for those who don't want to go back and listen to a whole episode, it, the basic primer is it's essentially when your brain fucks up the process of either falling asleep or waking up. So while you're in the REM stage of sleep, while your eyes are darting around, your body is essentially paralyzed to keep you from acting out your dreams. Smart, some, uh, for feature. some people, that part is broken, which is how we get <laughs> sleepwalking. Yeah. So if your brain's doing your, its job, it turns the, off the paralysis before you wake up. 
But if your brain drops the ball, you might wake up first, completely unable to move and stuck in that state where you're still sort of halfway dreaming. And it's never a nice dream. (laughs) Yeah, it's never like, ooh, I hear someone baking me cookies. No, like all the ones I've heard are demons or aliens or something else equally as terrifying. Or like intruders. Yeah, hard pass on the sleep paralysis. It's never Chris Hemsworth sneaking into my apartment. (laughs) So sleep paralysis and hypnagogic hallucinations are particularly common in people suffering from narcolepsy or other sleep disorders. Not always. Um, The number I read was that a full third of the population has these sorts of experiences. Oh, God. Um, Never tell me the odds. (laughs) There's also exploding head syndrome. No. Have you heard of this? No. Oh, it's not as violent as it sounds. I would hope not. It's basically like as you're falling asleep or waking up, you'll just hear a very loud noise. And it only lasts a second. It doesn't hurt. Um, but you'll also sometimes experience visual disturbances like static, lightning, or flashes of light. Oh, holy shit. Um, no one knows what causes it, which is great. The brain is just fucking weird, which I guess can sum up the whole second half of this episode. I I have experienced this before. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had the thing where, like, you're falling asleep and you'll think you hear someone calling or you'll hear, like, a loud, like... Not, like, overly loud, but, like, I will sometimes hear things as I'm falling asleep, for sure. And this is the one thing. I know I said I wasn't going to ruin ghosts in this episode. This kind of has ruined ghosts for me a little bit. Because once you're aware that, like, this is all a thing, you'll start to notice how many personal ghost stories start out with, like, I was lying in bed or I woke up in the middle of the night and... Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Like, there are a lot of ghost stories that are like, yes, and I felt something pressing on my chest. It's like, oh, it's sleep paralysis. Like, it's fine. And then I mean, people will. Fine. And then I've also started seeing the stories because people now are aware that sleep paralysis is a thing. So they'll go, I can move. It wasn't sleep paralysis, but I saw this weird thing in my, the corner of my bedroom. Yeah. So. Uh, one time I got way too stoned and fell asleep and then woke up uh, in the middle of the night and thought my backpack hanging on the back of the door was the Babadook. So, <laughs> like, don't trust yeah. your brain. Like, I was yeah. so scared. I almost cried, but it was, it was yeah. a fucking backpack, guys. And that's totally understandable. Like, your brain saw that. That's what, yeah. Of course you jumped to that. That doesn't of mean it was a Of course I jumped to the Babadook. <laughs> Why, who doesn't jump to the Babadook? If I did ruin ghosts for you, my bad, I guess. Sorry to ruin everybody's fun. I would say nine times out of ten, it's probably your brain fucking up. However. I say there are plenty of stories, and I do this now as a habit because I, like, know all these things. And so I read ghost stories and, like, try and pick it apart and try and debunk it a little bit. Not to the person. I'm not going to comment on a Reddit thread with it. Well, of course. But, like, in my brain, I will. Yeah, just don't be an idiot. Like in my brain, I'm like, oh no, that's what this. And I think that's part of it is why, like, I find this stuff so interesting is it's kind of a defense mechanism. Like, it's like, no, that didn't actually happen. Like, it wasn't this weird thing. It was this person has a weird brain. Well, and it's not even like discounting the person's experience or calling them a liar. It's like, no, it, I mean, like, it happened to them. It was just something yeah. else. You experienced this. It doesn't yeah, make like, that any less real. It's just you may not have experienced what you thought you experienced. Yeah. But, and, I mean, there's still that, like, 10% chance that is ghosts. Yeah, I was going to say, there are still, like, plenty of personal anecdotes I've heard that, I mean, most of Spooked I can't explain. The podcast Spooked. God damn. Um, uh. <laughs> I mean, beyond the, like, and I have no backing for this, like, oh, this is just a story that's it's being presented as real, but it's, like, short fiction. But, like, I have no proof of this. Yeah, I mean... 
when I lived in my old apartment and like my ceiling fan just stopped working in the middle of one night and uh, the maintenance guy like came and all the wires were like out of their sockets and stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was. (laughs) Well, and the person upstairs had, you know, uh, died by suicide uh, roughly in the same time frame. So shit happens. Yeah. They could have been jostled out by the rats that obviously lived in that building. <laughs> or it could or have been a ghost. I like, I don't know if, and I don't know how electricity works. This is me making shit up. But maybe they were never connected in the first place, but they were like close enough. Yeah. That there was still have... some connection happened. And then like someone, it got jostled and they fell out. I don't know. But like that's still. They could have like not been joined properly and then someone dropped something upstairs, a right. body mayhaps, and it was All just the scuffle the, of the paramedics. Yeah, or um, out, but or like there were definitely mice in that building. So yeah. but it was still fucking terrifying. And I <laughs> lived there for five years after that. Yep. And honestly, like I find it kind of fun to puzzle this stuff out and like theorize about like logical explanations for things. I mean, doesn't that's what the me, entire like, show Ghost Hunter is built on. Yeah, it's like I find that fun. It doesn't make it doesn't like ruin ghosts for me necessarily. I still find those stories interesting to hear. Um, I really I want ghosts to be real. The world would be much cooler if ghosts were. Thin. I mean, it, it's kind of like I believe in aliens in the respect that there is no goddamn way we're yeah, the only. For sure intelligent beings in the entire universe but i don't believe that you know nordics came and like swept a man away and showed him the past like that's just not yeah that's a very specific reference and i can't remember his name but aliens i believe in alien abductions uh not really no that's where carbon monoxide poisoning comes in absolutely sleep paralysis for sure oh definitely yeah i feel like you can definitely trace like sleep paralysis through the years when it was like old hanks and a old hag syndrome and then all the alien abduction stories from like the 50s and that was just the thing like you can kind of trace like whatever kind of like the public anxiety was at that period of time is what people are seeing when they're in the throes oh, yeah, of like sleep vampires paralysis. and stuff like, yeah or succubus and like yeah things like oh, that for sure yeah and i mean you like you said a lot of these stories are like i was in bed and uh like, your brain just kind of goes fucking haywire when you're asleep. Like, a, like last year, I apparently woke up in the middle of the night, took down all of the art hanging over our bed, stacked it on Travis's side of the bed, and then went back to sleep. And I don't <laughs> remember it fuck? at all. Oh, man. I just woke up and, like, all of the, like, the framed prints are sitting out on the desk. I'm like, what the fuck happened here? God, I would love to know, like, what your brain was thinking in that moment. Because I'm sure, like, logically it made sense to you at the time. I've had full conversations with Travis and don't remember them. Are you a sleep talker? No, I think I'm a sleep waker upper, but not completely. So I don't actually record the experience I'm having. Right. My mom apparently like had a lot of very vivid dreams where she would like wake up and still be kind of like she had a dream. (laughs) She told me one time where I had an evil twin and the evil twin was trying to kill me. And she was chasing me all around the house. And eventually, like, I got the knife. And she sat up in bed and screamed, stab her. Oh, God. Yeah. Your poor Which father. I'm sure. Yeah. Totally wigged him out. Yeah. I, I think that my brain is so overloaded during the day, or it has been, that at night, it's just like, and now we play. <laughs> That's, yeah. That seems reasonable. Well, this was a very informative episode. I think. I hope so. I, I find this stuff fascinating. It is. 
And next time you're reading a ghost story, like, think about it. Yeah, Although, that's all I ask. Just have you watched it. that show on Netflix where they do recreations of people telling their ghost stories and it's like the most dramatic, like... Oh, the one where it's like they bring in like their family and friends and are telling them the story? Yeah, I believe yeah, like, like paranormal one out of every four of those. Yeah, a lot of those. I saw a lot of those and it was like every, the first like five episodes and it's like an eight episode season were all like people with incredibly traumatic childhoods. And I'm oh, like, for you sure. are dealing with some trauma-induced mental illness and like i understand but ugh. but there was one with the clown zombie that was also a story on yes. spooked and uh i still don't know what the fuck is happening with that one yeah that one i don't like that story i i don't i don't listen that story. to that episode it, it's very upsetting it's two of my least favorite things i listen to spooked to fall asleep once in a while because because spooked and lore that stuff puts me to sleep I've tried falling asleep to lore, and it ended up being, like, the Arthur's Seat. No, not the Arthur's Seat. The the dolls, the, like... Oh, yeah. Arthur's Seat dolls. The, uh, yeah. The ones I think have to do with Birkin hair. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is never going to work out. <laughs> I know. I find it comforting. He I think it's because a- they're, like, all, like, low-key. And, like, the stories I've heard, like, a million times now, so they aren't, like, scaring me fresh. But... Like, it's just the, they're very, like, kind of subdued and quiet and, yeah. Or I can see that. Spooked. Welcome to the podcast from the podcast where we talk about other podcasts. Um, I mean, I feel like we've name-dropped Aaron Mankey's lore. He should Every just be on this show at this like point. like, six months. Yeah, I, for Spooked, they add, like, sound effects and shit and, like, can't handle. I have to fall asleep to Justin <laughs> McElroy talking about cereal. I mean, that's also acceptable. Um, well, anyways. Um. <laughs> if you have a ghost story, tweet at us I or email us. I would fucking love to hear it. I promise I won't debunk it for you. If you tell me a ghost story, I will just buy it. Like, I'm not going to be an asshole about your ghost story because that's really cool if you want to tell us one. Yeah, uh, that was one of my favorite parts about doing Boo Haha was uh, hearing other people's ghost stories. <sighs> Um, so you can find us on Twitter at Afternoonified if you happen to have a 280 character or less ghost story, <laughs> which if it's like for sale baby shoes, like weird. Um, uh, we're also on Instagram at Afternoonified. Also weird place to send us a ghost story, but I'm not here to judge. Uh, getafternoonified.com where there's an email form or you can just email us at uh, afternoonifiedpod at gmail.com. You can also donate uh, so we can fund these sessions where we just sit and talk about other podcasts we like listening to. Uh, you can also buy merch. Like I said, we're getting very low on time before mid mid 2020 is just disappointing. I would almost say we are right at that event horizon. It's a good movie. If you want to watch a movie about ghosts in space. <laughs> event horizon? Yes. Okay. That was what I was referencing. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, my God. I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, like, subscribe, rate, review. The usual. I have a lot to think about. Are you going to say anything? <laughs> no. I thought that was a good ending. No. You have to say your thing. Oh, goodbye. I love you. Yes. Hello, 
my name is Kaya. And I'm Marissa. And this is Well, Well, Why Not? Not. Join us every Monday as we discuss movies, science, technology, history. Sometimes I think about all the different things we talk about. And they're not even categories. Because you know what? We're geeky. We're nerdy. So like every millennial, we started a podcast. Because that's what we need. More podcasts. Absolutely. Join us every Monday and listen to Well, Why Not? A podcast because. Just because. Just just really because we had this microphone. Well, why not? <laughs> For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is As Above, So Below. <laughs>